The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. Yesterday, I took a trip to Costco with the family and Kim, who's Kim's part of, basically part of the family. She's in the back there. And uh, pick up some things, just groceries, but also for the Super Bowl sort of, you know, festivities and the snacks. And, and it was uh, probably late morning. And the, and the Costco sample game was strong yesterday. You know, like, you know, sometimes, like, you're excited and there's not really much out. And other times, you're like, dude, this is jackpot. Like, this is lunch. And the, and the, and the samples uh, were on. And this was not like the time, you know, days you walked around like, eh, tofu, like, trail mix. I mean, this was pizza pockets, chicken wings, chili and cheese sauce, like, it was like game on. They're marking this whole Super Bowl junk food snack kind of scene. And, and, you know, and, and everything we walked by like tasted amazing, right? Little pizza pockets that I haven't eaten in like 20 years. I'm like, these are the best food ever. We got to get a box of these, $6.99 for 160 of them. Go! You know, they're in the, they're in the card. And, and we just loaded up. I mean, Kim would tell you, I mean, it was overflowing with stuff. I mean, you know, we had to have both kinds of chicken wings and, and you know, the, the can of the junky cheese sauce that we love. And, um, and, you know, at the end of it, you're trying to, like, well, we, do we need everything, and, and, uh, but it was just super fun to kind of go around and eat this stuff, but you go through, and it's all that kind of sort of junk food, and, and right before you get to the checkout, there's this huge stand, a stack up of Gas X, and it's like this <laughs> digestive stuff, right? Like, it's, it's almost like, yeah, they know, like, you're going to go make your rounds, you're going to buy all this stuff, and you're like, you're going to need that at the end of it. Because you're going through and you're, you're taking this stuff on. And for most of us, I know that stuff's not good for, good for me. Like, I'm not surprised by that. Like, you're, you're kind of going right into this full-on, like, premeditated junk food debauchery. You're like, we're just doing it. It's the Super Bowl. I'm going to eat poorly. And then at the end of it, I'm going to take some gas X and hopefully it goes away, right? Like, it's sort of this, you sort of figure this thing out. Instead of saying, well, I'm not going to do that. It's not good for me. You just do it and, and sort it out afterwards. And in and, and these early chapters of, of Corinthians and in these, uh, really a lot of the epistles and New Testament letters that, whether that's Paul or Peter or John, guys who've planted churches and they're going back to them, one of the common themes is trying to get people back on track. And we'd seen this, this early church, particularly in Corinth that we've been looking at, it's, it's a group that sort of had the right idea and was living a certain way, and now they've kind of just given in to like, we don't even care, we're just going to do whatever we want, and then we're going to take gas X, and then we're just going to like claim Jesus, like we're just going to claim grace, and, and we don't have to change the way we live, we can just eat as many hot pots as we want, and we'll just fix it later. And these letters call back to these people like, listen, yes, God loves you, yes, there is tons of grace, yes, there are second, third, and, and thousands and millionth chances, but that doesn't mean you should live this way and just sort of premeditated, just diving in to as much junk as you want. And then, like, raising your hand at the communion meal and say, oh, I'm good now, and, and, and going on your way. And so Paul, in these letters, if you've been with us or not, it, it's okay. We've, we've kind of looked at the, he's, he's trying to get them back on track, almost in a way to, like, we have to start over and go back to some of the things we understood in the beginning. Because you guys now are just way off the rail. And we'll look at, in coming weeks, really specifics of the things that are coming up in the church. And they are, they are full-on paying, like, immoral issues. And Paul's like, you guys are crazy. But they've sort of just like, well, whatever, we have grace now. We have God now. Isn't that, isn't that what he does? Doesn't he, doesn't he forgive us of our sins? Like, yeah, but you're, you're kind of missing the point. Kind of missing the point. So, so he's, he's, he's trying to lead the people back to the, the beginning of, of the foundations of it. And really to being, almost in a sense, beginners. He talked, and we talked last week about this idea of, we got to get you guys back on milk. Like, you, we need to get back to the very basics of this entire thing. 
And for you and I, some of us, we have to, sometimes we need that check in our lives. Like, okay, I got to go back to the basics. I got to go back to the beginning to where, I, where some things make sense. I understood some things clearly. And, you know, I was excited about it. And, and, and I didn't pick up all these other sort of bad habits or nuances or, or drifted over here. And there's something cool about being a beginner. Uh, and, and sometimes we look down upon that. But the beginner mind is actually a really beautiful thing that we're going to look at this morning. I was at a, a dance recital last night for Bella, who's not here, and she did amazing. She does all these hip-hop and jazz and tap, and all these different acts come through, and there's, there's older kids and younger kids. There's these little, like, cutest, I don't know, three- or four-year-olds and tutus. You, you kind of know the type, cruise around. There's sort of high school girls who are really talented, and guys who are really talented. And at one point in the, in the session, there's this girl comes out, kind of like a solo thing for her, and she's a uh, high school girl in this like shimmering, shiny gold dress. I mean, the thing was just glittering everywhere and all done up and, and looking pretty. And she dances some kind of like salsa to this Gloria Stefan song. And it's just, it's like really cool. And, and most of the time I'm like not excited if it's not my daughter. I'm like, oh, this, this is actually pretty good. And all these little girls started like one by one, like from the back and the little tutus from the side, wherever they're coming. They came up and they just started staring up at this girl. She's on stage and these little you know, girls like this big in their tutus just staring up like in amazement of this shimmery older girl dancing. And they just slowly started dancing. Like there was this little breakout of these little tutu girls on the floor, you know, underneath the stage to this other girl, like just doing their thing. And they were shaking it and they were twirling around and, and they were laughing. They were just having a good time in this sort of amazement of this person who's, who's, you know, who they're looking up to. They're literally looking up to, and, they're just, and there's the, the glitz and the gold and the color and the music, and they're just so free. There's this whole crowd of people there, and there's these little girls just dancing around and spinning around, and it didn't matter if they knew the dance, they didn't know the dance, and if they were any good, it didn't, it didn't even matter because they were just in awe of something that was sort of beyond them at that time. And there's something so pure and healthy about being a beginner. But these little girls, like, hey, they're beginning. It doesn't matter. They, they, they don't have to be that. They are who they are, but they can appreciate that, and they can dance, and they can enjoy it. And there's this awe and excitement, and there's this eagerness, and, and there's this freedom in that when they're sort of not self-conscious about being that person. I'm me. I'm, I'm down here, but I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy this session that was kind of cool to see. And in this, these, these early chapters of, the, of this book, it, it's Paul's almost kind of calling them back to that, to that simpler time. Like, remember you guys just enjoyed and you knew who you were, and you can look up to this thing that was more amazing in you, but you, you weren't trying to, to, to overthink it. You could just be present in the moment. And the Corinthians, are, you know, they're not just at this time, Paul's not really just chastising them because they're not just practicing the basics of their faith, which, which they, they may or may not have been. They had kind of like erupted into full-blown immoral debauchery. The, the Corinthian church, it, we'll see in later chapters, and in previous letters, that letter that Paul wrote, it's, it's really bad. It's, it's, it's wild. It's not just like sneaking some bad fruit, food, you know, once a year on the Super Bowl. It's, it's, a, it's a major departure from the values of, of love and, and the Christian faith. And so for you or I, I don't think most of us have those issues that are just these really like pagan, criminal, debaucherous issues, right? Don't anyone in the room have those kind of issues going on? No hands? Um, but, but, we have, but we do have a challenge about keeping our faith. Right? We, we do have that challenge of keeping our faith. If, if someone will look back at us from, from where, maybe where we found it or, or where we are now in years down the line and look back like, man, I, I don't know. There was something about that early season that was really fresh and healthy. 
And we, we get challenged with it as we go along, those of us who've been in it for any period of time, about keeping up the health of our faith and, and those relationships with God and, and people and the church. I mean, that, those, are, those are, are, are as important as well. And our, our issues are not as, as big, but our issues of health are more subtle. And the Apostle John touches on this in Revelation 2. And he says this, and, and, and this is sort of this word back to this church. This is really Jesus' kind of prophetic, prophetic challenge to certain churches. And this is the church of Ephesus, uh, in the city of Ephesus. And he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary, which all sounds like really great things. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things you did at first. You have forgotten that first love. Yes, you're technically doing these things right. You're technically against the people you should be against. You're, 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 you're meeting at the right time. You're, you're giving. You're serving. Uh, you look a certain way, but you, you're missing it because you've forgotten that first love. There's, there's something missing about that excitement that you used to have in the beginning that, that you need to get back. And this is where I'd say a good deal of the church falls in today. I mean, technically, for many of us, a church across, at least I could speak across the nation, yeah, a lot of people are kind of doing the right thing. Uh, you're against the right people. You dress a certain way. You, 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 you can check your box of, of stuff. But you're missing really a, a kind of love and excitement, and so you, so you might fall short as the church. That we've sort of got so far down the line with books and learning and who we are that we, we're kind of missing on the basic freedoms that we once had and our relatability to other people. This quote I read this week, it said, In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are, are few. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. And almost as we go along, and this isn't everybody, but we can kind of get so smart that we almost can shrink God down. That we, we, we think we're learning and we're getting better and we're practicing our behaviors more, but we've, we've kind of shrunk God down. And, and the possibilities about life and love and God actually get less, not more. We're, we're the beginner's mind. It's like, oh my gosh, everything's amazing. Everything's beautiful. I read the word and I take it for what it means and I engage people in a certain way. And this book of Revelation and really what Paul is writing to some of his people in Corinth and, and others, you've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten your first love. And I think some of us, most of us can relate to that idea of a first love. And, and maybe it's a person, maybe it's not. Uh, one of my first loves was, was photography. Uh, I remember jumping in on a little class in, in fourth grade. It was this extra, extracurricular after school thing. And well, these old cameras and just took pictures around town and I just love that. I, I love the process of looking at stuff and people and, and buildings and even waiting for it to be developed. And, and high school took labs in and, and, and a dark room and processed film. And uh, I just thought it was amazing. When I started traveling or buying, like a, 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 at least at the time, an expensive camera, and it just made sense to me to look at the world through that lens and, uh, and, and particularly film and this taking time. And, 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 but eventually, like many things, and some of us can relate to these sort of hobbies, like it, it sadly just, it just sort of fades. And I don't know if that's when phones came in or I got busy or I just forgot. And the stuff moves from being used all the time to, to, to a shelf or a corner of a garage or a box somewhere. I know for me at some point, I even got rid of a bunch of stuff. Like, how did I get rid of that stuff? And I was like, I don't even care about that stuff anymore. I don't even care about that stuff. 
But recently I picked it up again in, in, in shooting film, and, and I've taken a lot of bad photos and some good ones, and like, but I love it. I was like, what ha why, why haven't I been doing this? I love this. I love that it even takes time. I love that you can take a picture and like, I don't even know what it's going to look like for, for a week, maybe a month when I get it developed. Like personally, like, I, I, it, it makes me feel alive and I, I enjoy it. I even, I even dream about it. I had a dream last night about developing film. It was really weird. Like, and I woke up and I'm like, that was a good dream. I feel good about that. But sometimes we, when, we, when we don't feel something, for whatever reason, there's amazing amounts of reasons. It doesn't even, infinite amount of reasons why we don't feel something in a moment for something we used to be excited about. Sometimes we have to push through. We need to push through the disciplines of behavior to spark the heart. We can't just go off what the heart feels all the time. What the heart feels is super important. We don't want to be dead. We need heart. We need to love. We need to be full. But there's going to be times where that kind of lags a little bit. And like, you know what? I just got to push through this exercise. I'm going to continue to do this and wait for the heart to sort of kick back in again. Versus like, eh, forget it. My heart's not into it. I don't really care. And we're done. I know surfing's like that for me. And I've talked with Troy about this. I, I love surfing. When I go surfing, I'm like, this is, this is the best thing ever. I feel healthy. I feel connected with God and nature and and, 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 and myself, and I love being you know, around people or not around the people and enjoying it. But then, like, months will go by, and I don't go surfing. Like, I just, I forget. But when I do it, I'm like, this is the best. But if I, but if I drift away, I don't even care. You have things like that in your life, like, you move away from them, you don't even care anymore. The heart just sort of grows weary, your mind's not that interested in the discipline, and all of a sudden, you're not doing it. And some of those things are, are, are trivial, right? Like, I don't know, I start taking pictures again. I don't know how much it really matters. But there are things in life that we need to look at a little more seriously. Like, wait a minute, what's happening here, particularly in regards to our faiths, our relationship with God and others, people, and most intimately, if you're married, your spouse, right? I mean, I, I, if you're married and you've been married for any amount of time, you know that. There's that first love and there's the easy to sort of drift and, and we have to figure out how to kind of push through those things. And so there's some benefits, I think, to staying in a beginner's mindset. And I read some of this this week, and I can't even remember where, so I, I would love to publicly credit this, this thinker. But reading about this beginner's mindset and staying a beginner, stay a beginner. And staying a beginner, sometimes has these bad connotations, like, oh, you want to move past being a beginner. That's, what's, that's lame to be a beginner. Man, there's something beautiful about being a beginner. And we've done something for a long, long, long time, Whatever that is, maybe that's church or God or a person or a job, sometimes that familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. Like you weren't really excited about it. Now you're like, I hate that thing. That's the worst thing ever. Wait a minute, didn't you used to love that thing? But after a while, it starts to sort of wear you down. Like it started out exciting, now it just bothers you. Right? That's a lot of our relationships with definitely husband and wife, Sometimes people in general, you're attracted to these differences, these sort of wild things, like, oh my gosh, they're so different from me. I love that. It's amazing. But man, after time goes by, you're like, that person sucks. I hate that. I hate that quirky thing about them. Like, it's, it, it starts to rub on you almost the wrong way. Where it used to be funny, now it's annoying. Where it used to be attractive, now it sort of almost repulses you. And those are, those are important things to be aware of in, in, your, in the people in your life. God church, wherever you're sort of hanging out, like where are you feeling those rubs you used to be excited about? And sometimes that's, that's healthy and we're like, okay, I need, to, I need to do less of that. Like I need to eat less pizza pockets. That's, that's probably a good thing. 
But if it's something important to you, you need to figure out how to push, push past that. I think working out's that way, right? You get, you get sort of motivated to, to work out, and you do it for a while, and it's exciting for a while, but man, doesn't that just, that just starts to fall off after a while. Like, oh man, now it's just hard work. Dieting can be that way. It's like, man, I, I, I need to eat healthier. I'm going to get rid of this junk food. I'm like, ah. Then af after a while, it's like, eh. And so do you just give up on it or do you, or you push through? And I think what's important to look at today, because all these things, some matter more than others, but wherever you're at in life, some of these things you're, you're wrestling with, whether it's a person or your faith, uh, maybe it's a diet and exercise, you're going to have to go back and see where did that come from. And usually there's a conviction it stems from a conviction that you set up down the road. There was something that you felt convicted to do in the past that was like, I need to do this, so I'm going to start doing it. And, and, and yeah, maybe that's your health. That's an important thing. Our bodies are important, right? And, and if that's your health, like, all right, all right, that's right. I did think about that. I made some decisions. I got to cut this. I got to get my cholesterol down. I want to be around for my kids, my grandkids. Like, that's an important thing. So you have to go back to initial conviction. Like, what was that, what was that about? What was that thing about that I was excited for and there was purpose to? And it's easy to dismiss those things like, wow, that was a, you know, I was young, it was an emotional decision, I was pressured. And maybe it was for you. But if there was a real conviction, I would say some kind of God call in that, you need to dig that up. And those things that we've lost sight of over the years, your personal callings, I can't speak for what that is for you. You know, person starting a, a nonprofit, engaging the church a certain way, loving people a certain way. That's between you and God. And, and ultimately, you know, we're not hiding anything from God. Like, we don't hide things from God. We think we do. We don't. He knows where we are. It's like when you play hide and seek with little kids and, like, you let them hide for a while, but you know where they are. God knows, and he's okay. He'll let you hang out there for a while. So it's almost between, like, you and yourself, some of this stuff. Be honest with yourself. What happened? What's going on with me? What's going on with me? I think a few healthy attributes uh, of this beginner idea that I think can help us in our sort of mindset of like recapturing that first love is that, you know, if I think about these little girls at the dance, like beginners aren't trying to win. Beginners aren't trying to win. When you're a beginner, you're a beginner. You're happy to be beginner. You're not competing with everybody else. You're just happy to be there. Those little girls were not trying to beat the girl on stage. They're just happy to dance and be free. They didn't need to be better than her. And think about your life, how much sometimes drives us, our, our, our need to try to win, to be cooler than, to compete against, consciously or subconsciously, particularly where we live, sort of in our social demographic, like competition with other people that you have to beat out. Maybe it's a family member, brother, sister, neighbor, like you're just, you're just trying to get ahead of. The beginner mindset doesn't care. It's like, wow, I'm just starting out. I'm happy for everyone else to do their thing. They're winning. They have lots of stuff. I'm just happy to be here. There's something very liberating about that. I'm just happy to be, be here. I don't have to be cooler than anybody else. I don't have to be cooler than you. I'm just here. I process those things even myself in, in sort of our churchscape, and, and you may even hear too. This is, it's a church plan. I, I love it. It's my, favorite, it's my favorite church in town. But like, there's days I'm like, oh my gosh, those churches are getting so much further, and they have property, and they have this staff. And like, but for the most part, I sit back like, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. This is amazing. I don't need to be competing with anybody else. I don't need to beat anybody else. I'm just happy to be here. I don't have to know everything. I'm just happy to be here. Right? Beginners don't have to have all the answers. They're just happy to be here. It's so liberating. We got home last, I think last Sunday from church and the Grammys were on and music awards. And 
we put it on, and I can't even, I, I love music, uh, I listen to music, I don't follow it that well, uh, so I can't even pretend to be cool when the Grammys are on, like who, what artists are who, and uh, there's just so many, so much talent, honestly, but like I just didn't know, if I'm like, who's that? I was like, I have no idea who these people are, but you know, good for them, and I didn't even care, right? I wasn't like trying to be like, oh yeah, I know all these artists, like I don't, I don't know, I'm so far out of my league, like I don't care, my, you know, my, my teenage kids are into it, they know a few people, and, but at one point, someone comes on stage, and I, I look, I'm in the kitchen, I look across our room, like, you know, this guy walks out on, on the stage, onto to his piano, and I'm like, wow, Elton John, <laughs> and I walk, you know, I walk over to check out Elton John, and, and Bella walks over, my 16-year-old, and, and she looks up and sees Elton, Elton, in all his, like, flamboyant Elton glory on the piano, and Bella's like, you're excited about that guy? <laughs> but I don't even care. Like, yeah, I don't know if he's cool or not cool. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to tell, we have to tell ourselves, like, it doesn't really matter. Beginner mindset, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to win. I don't have to be cooler than I don't have to beat anybody. It's not a competition. The human race is not some kind of race that you have to get ahead. Just be. Just be. I love beginners. Another thing, beginners are hung, hungry to learn, uh, if you're excited about it. Beginners are hungry to learn. Uh, you know, if you're in a good book or, or a show and it's new to you, man, you are in, like, you, you think about it, like, I'm hungry to move forward in this. I want to learn more. I want to discover more. I remember I first started getting into to web design. It was out of necessity. It was probably 16 years ago, which is crazy. And, and I was just trying to figure it out, and someone gave me this book, this huge fat book. It's just this gnarly tome of information and, and, and scary things. And and he said, here you go. You know, now you have all the tools you need to break the internet. And I'm like, all right, like, let's crack this thing open and see if we can get something on the internet. Like, and I remember just being up there late at night, like, just launching pages and breaking things and failing and just going through. But I loved it. I was new. And I eventually started you know, taking classes and learning and watching talks. I'm like, I'm, because I'm into this. There's that beginner excitement about it when you're saying, man, this is, this is actually something I can do. And to stay a beginner, to continue to learn. Have you been around the church for a while? It's hard to stay that way because by a certain stage, you've, you've heard most of the Bible stories, honestly. So it's, it feels like, I don't need anything else. But man, it's important to stay hungry, continue to learn, continue to sort of spark that interest. I think beginners are excited. Uh, they're just excited. If they love something, they're excited. We need that. We need that. I heard a, a soundbite from Ellen the other day, and Ellen uh, apparently turned 60. I don't know how much you guys follow that, but I caught Ellen turned 60, and someone is, uh, is talking with her, this interview about where she's going in the future. Like, you're going to be here much longer. Like, what's, what's your plan? And she started to say, like, well, if the, as long as the people are excited, and then she, she caught herself, she says, no, she's like, as long as I'm excited. Because if I'm not excited, no one else is going to be either. And the show's only as good as I'm enjoying it. And she sort of took this switch, as long as I'm excited and enjoying it, then I'll go on the show at work. But if I let that go, then forget about it. People are going to read that. It's not going to work. And there's that sort of beginner excitement. After doing something for so long, it can wear off. But to keep that something alive, like, I'm still excited about this. I love this. I don't know how long Ellen's been doing her thing, but she's like, nope, I still enjoy it. I still love coming to work, still like me making people laugh. And as long as that, that's in place, this thing will work. And I think for our faith, I mean, how good can our faith really be if we have to fake that we're enjoying it, right? If we have to fake that we're enjoying it, that we fake that we like it. And so for those beginners, like it's exciting to be around beginners when people are new. When you take someone to a new experience that's old for you, isn't that fun? 
I don't know if that's Disneyland for the first time, a restaurant, a certain beach, a surf break. Someone who hasn't experienced it before, maybe you have and it's kind of rote for you, but like, wow, people are lit up over it. It's contagious. That excitement's contagious. We have to find ways to maintain that mindset. Like, I'm still excited about this thing. I'm still excited about Jesus. I'm still excited about gathering and serving and caring for people. And if I have to fake that, it's not going to work. I think ultimately... If you take anything else, nothing else away from this, beginners annoy people less. Beginners annoy people less. Know-it-all people are annoying. If you have all the answers to stuff, it's annoying, right? It always has been since early, early grade school. The person who knows it all, like, oh, God, know-it-all. There's something healthy and attractive and approachable at someone who doesn't know everything. And it's okay. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to know everything, right? The most important thing in life is figuring out the most important thing. Like, that's a little bit of a journey for, for many of us. We don't have to know everything. Keep it simple. Here's my life. I'm, I'm figuring out my faith, my family, my community. I was reading about uh, Vatican stuff this week, Michelangelo. And, uh, and it's interesting. When he was commissioned to uh, paint the Sistine Chapel, he really wasn't painting much. He didn't have a great body of, of work leading up to that. So when they were interviewing people, whatever, they pick, picked him. It wasn't like he brought in this, this massive portfolio. They, they saw something in him and liked him, and I guess it was the right price, and he was willing to like lay on his back and paint for, for years. But he didn't have a lot of painting experience. Most of his, his, his focusing at the time was sculpture. So he was a sculptor, and he got picked up on this, this, this painting gig. And, and, and if you read about it, you look through this stuff, or you've been there, been on, on the tour, which I haven't, but if you, I've got a picture of it. yeah, so you can't really see it here, but there's, there's parts of this progression that you're able to kind of see the quality and intricacy of his painting of this thing. It improves as you move from one end of the chapel to the other. Because when he started out, he was, he was kind of a beginner. He was a beginner, and he, and he did this as he went. One of our, our world's most treasured pieces, a guy started, he really wasn't an accomplished painter. And so one of, the, one of the sort of greatest artists in our history, he, he, he taught himself as he went along. And like, that's okay. Each step along the way, each corner, each curve was like a new place to be a beginner again. Okay, like, let's take this on. He, he, he did it as he went along. So you don't have to know everything. And, but here's what I want you to know. We'll, we'll close out in a minute. And this is sort of the baseline of, of so much of our faith and these letters. Know that you're loved as you are, and to be loved is enough. To be loved as is enough. And if you can boil everything down to that, like, you are loved. You are loved. You don't have to, you don't have to win. You don't have to be cool. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to, have to know everything. You are loved. And that true love has a chance just to know your love for who you are and all your faults and dispositions and, and, and cracks and brokenness, that you are loved, and that may just have enough to sort of spark a little bit of something in the heart for you to lean back into that, that first love. So, uh, God, thanks for uh, this for story, for, for your grace, God, uh, for your love. Uh, I pray that anyone needs to feel today that love, to be loved is enough, your love is enough. Uh, that this is a basic message. God loves you as you are. He loves you. He loves you. Lord, thank you for your grace. Uh, thanks for your work in our lives, for this community. Uh, in your name we pray. Amen.
The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That website address again is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.